Welcome, everyone, to a live edition of APS Radio here in Indianapolis, live in the fishbowl at FDIC. Yes. And uh, my name is Jim Bernica, uh, the Beard of Wisdom. (laughs) And I've got two uh, very special guests with me today that I talked talked them into as a hard sell, but I got retired Chief Pat Kenny and Dr. Sarah Janky. Twice she's in the middle. She has yeah, no audience. There's no clapping for either one of us, you'll notice. Everybody's standing in all of you <laughs> in your presence. Yeah. You guys are ridiculous. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think all of us have been a big part of FDIC for a long, long time. I wanted to, first of all, just dive in into what uh, the three of us are teaching this year. Um, who wants to go first? should probably be you ladies. but should be. I agree. should be. Because so, that's monumental, so that's why you're so, going first. So, oh, I was going to say, so then Pat's going first. <laughs> wow. Wow, fishbowl and getting nailed. I, okay, all right. That's, I would, would expect nothing less, that's right? right? Yes. You've, now, both of you have already taught yes. uh, yesterday Correct. for the Women, women in Fire. Women in Fire. Women in Fire. Yeah. Uh, but you're still teaching throughout this week. So when are you teaching next? I, um, well, so apparently tomorrow I'm doing one on cancer. I was unaware, but um, I will be doing one tomorrow on cancer. It's going to probably be the best one I've ever done. And then Friday, science to the station. Yes. Taking science, making it practical. It is, it, it can be fun and exciting. I mean, it's it, it, like, a, it's amazing. That's a really good sell. Um, <laughs> you know, I, after I asked you, I, I had, it just kind of dawned on me that, why would you ask Sarah to come and pitch her presentation when it's at the same exact time that my presentation <laughs> is? Well, don't feel bad. That, that happened yesterday, and I had to recruit four people in the hallway to come in and listen to me. So I promised uh-huh. them lunch. Because you know, they haven't so caught many, up with me yet. Because you know, so many people are like, "Oh my God, science! I can't wait to get into that presentation." I know. I so. I, I, it's like it does sell itself. What is it, sexier than science? Hmm. No comment. Me, I, no comment at this point. Me, apparently. I'll be in trouble. Hopefully. <laughs> what What are you going to talk about during that session on Friday? Well, I think it's self-explanatory in the title, but... The metric system? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> no. So we're going to talk about... Um, there's like 80% of the research that's been done on firefighter health has been done in the last decade, dozen years-ish. Yeah. And we've done a really bad job as scientists, like... As scientists in the other non-fire service world, when you publish a paper, you do a study, um, you publish on it, and then that's like that is your outreach. You put it out into the universe. It's an index in PubMed, those types of things. In the fire service, everyone's like, so what is what does that mean for me? Like, what does that result mean for the person on engine two? What does a fire chief need to know about that? What does they and that's one piece that we've kind of fallen short on in the past. And so we're trying to take Take the results and go, how can you do actionable things tomorrow with the results we found today? So, like, one example, and I'm, I'm um, Chief John Kane's there, so I, you want, it's not just me. It's twofer. I talk about the science. He talks about what does that mean at the station level. What does it mean at the firefighter level? Yeah, how to make it the practical. Yeah. 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 Like, for instance, there was a study that came out last. Um, I'm making up the date, but I think it was about six months ago give or take three years. I don't know. But 
the um, scientific well, accuracy. We got it. We're so all right. So. Sometime in there. It doesn't matter. It's the results that matter. <laughs> so looking at, you know, there's a lot of concern around PFAS. There was a study about, out of Australia. It's being replicated in um, Arizona, looking at how can you reduce PFAS levels in your blood? You give blood. Plasma is the best. Um, whole blood, also good. So like there's an actual intervention, something you can do as an individual. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> So, okay, because I've talked about this before with other people, so it's just funny. But, yeah, I know what you're, you're talking about, the Mick, Mick Tisberry Australian PFAS study. Yep. You donate plasma and knocks down your levels of PFAS. In my head, though, I just thought about, like, I pitched the firefighter, like, donating this plasma and getting rid of the, you know, getting rid of that those levels in the system but then he's just donating that that blood to some <laughs> random other person like hey so here's some pfos for you sorry so here i had that question and this is what i've been told so here's the thing is one everyone has like in general population you know everyone has some levels of pfos in their blood but they're getting such a small amount and when you need to get blood it's for a, like very like it's you know like there's been a trauma or there's been a so it's fine they say it's fine they say it's fine. Who are they? Uh, the people at the community blood center, and the um, um, I don't know who do you give blood to. Those people, people the people you give blood to. Asking Should... these very in-depth, deep questions of the scientists. Easy here now. All right. <laughs> who, who are they? <laughs> so we're done now. Is this... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We only got about fifty-eight minutes. No, here. we're doing okay. <laughs> That's no, that's great. You know, the fact that you're taking these studies and doing practicality, uh, probably, you know, I, I always think about, uh, your buddy, Dr. Gavin Horn, who, you know, him and Kenny Fent did tremendous stuff when, you know, uh, Gavin is at the Illinois fire service Institute, mm -hmm. um, actually showing how to take that science and, and be practical about it, actually use it in the fire service. Um, so I, yeah. I, I love what you're doing. Although I'm not going to attend it because I'm teaching. And what are you teaching? I'm teaching everybody how to create or enhance their fire department's wellness program. Love it. So all, all about wellness, but there's so many different components of that. So we're, we'll talk about cancer. We'll talk about behavioral health. We'll talk about sleep. Sleep is in there. Um, financial wellness. You know, we, we, kind of skip that over a lot of times uh until we're you know 15 20 years in and we're like oh yeah what's what's a roth and what's a pension and all that stuff uh um oh, what else is there uh exercise nutrition you know all the things that i stink at <laughs> <laughs> but i at least could talk about it you know so do you uh, find people are overwhelmed by that when you talk about a wellness system and you kind of come in so comprehensive that they're like well wait a minute i mean we as firefighters like things. That's why I think your research is so applicable because everybody's the show me state. Show me how that yeah. applies to me and then we'll do something about it. So we've kind of brought physical fitness in over the last 30 years yeah. and we're talking about mental health now over the last few years. We're doing things in little bites. Sometimes I've seen men and women sit there and go, you want me to do what? I, I can't do all of those. Give me just one of them and I'll so, try and do it well. So this is, I mean, if you think about it, this at this particular place, you, you'll have your your Jim Mosses and Dan Kerrigan's doing mm -hmm. fitness and nutrition, four hour sessions, just over that, you know, Russ and yourself are going to do the cancer stuff. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, with the, the firefighter can't sport network. I mean, there's all those different facets of wellness 
throughout this um, this whole conference. You know, Dan yeah. and Frank doing their behavioral health stuff, um, Dina. Uh, and I am trying to take all that in once in an hour and 45 minutes. So it is just, it's the highlights. It's, yeah. it's, and it's really about how to even go in about implementing this stuff in your in your fire department because each fire station every department is going to be a little bit different their priorities right. are going to be different right you know you could be indianapolis fire department you could be a small rural department so it's all different so it's a matter of really and the first part i go over is figuring out what your priorities are and then going from there and and knocking off those there's low hanging fruits and then going to the high hanging fruits and, and so on and so forth but this is all to me is a basis of, of what your program can look like. It's just a matter of what is specifically best for your guys and gals. And I think that breaking it down part is important because as a fire chief, a lot of times and those fire chiefs are listening out there, the first question is, what's it going to cost me? What's the expense in that? What's the $1 budget impact? Dollars. Right. Yeah, it's always million. It's like, yeah, but you don't need to spend all that money. You can start it in those pieces break it down and some of it isn't going to cost you anything other than buying it getting the people's buy and your buy-in as a leader that you're role modeling what that is and that as you know is doesn't always work well i actually i actually one of my slides in there has a and you would appreciate this because you are a pop culture nerd like me grew up mtv all that kind of stuff yes yeah so i have I actually have a slide with axel rose in it and it's Axel Rose from the patience video. And it's just, that's it. Patience. It's going to, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. It's going to take some time. You have to have some guns and roses, Axel Rose, a little patience. I noticed when you looked at me, you didn't include me in the pop culture. I wonder, are there any Lawrence Welk videos in your things? Uh, no. Okay. No, no. I do have Marvin Gaye. Oh, okay. We're, we're starting to move forward in that okay. direction. I was just feeling kind of. Senior citizen, Marvin Gaye from there. I got Oprah on there. Like I am, I am going. Okay, I yeah. Everybody's going to look underneath their seats. They might have a a prize. What are you going to put gum or something? Are you going to offer prizes in your classes? Oh, now we got competition. I am now. Actually, now we're going to have T-shirts. We're going to have a T-shirt giveaway in my room. I'm going to have shrimp cocktail from Harry and Izzy's. Like each each person is going to have an individual shrimp. That sounds disgusting. No, I'll have um, protein bars. I'm going to be raffling Jim's truck. So <laughs> if you really come I'll to mind, you you're, really, you're going to like that. You, you could probably get it. It's valeted right a, now. But okay, I, yeah. I know. I've got somebody with their eye on it right now. Oh, it needs a wash. That's okay. Yeah. No. I didn't it promise. And it's clean. got a lot of dog hair in there now. It's, yeah, no, but so. I'll, I'll give you the cleaning. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, so we kind of got to put our stuff in a little bit sell yes. our stuff but what about you pat i mean you i've you just come to kind of vacuum in some of the areas that are open and i'm quite good you know, at that uh you're it's a i am it's, it's important it i'm is. intrigued i i've wanted to ask you about this but i wanted i kind of ended up waiting until really right now because i knew we would be doing this you know you've always been the last few years been doing your presentation on uh, taking the cape off mm-hmm. just Correct. like your, your book there that's it. But now this presentation is putting the cape back on. Correct. And that was uh, 
So that was Chief Halton's idea. Um, my appearance here this year was came last fall when he said, I want you to come and I want you to do two sessions. I want you to do Women in Fire, which I thought amazing audience. And boy, I learned a lot. And I told Sarah, I sat there through the keynote and felt like I needed to lean over to the lady next to me every five minutes and go, I'm really sorry guys are that way. <laughs> um, every every man should sit through that presentation. It was They were powerful. Um, he said to me, I want you to do part two. And I go, well, what's part two? He goes, part two to taking the cape off, what happens after that? I'm like, I don't know what part two is. He goes, well, you figure it out. And I want you to do it twice. I go, yeah, I'm not coming for the whole week. I go, I, I coach baseball. I'm retired now. And I said, I coach baseball at the high school. So, well, okay, come in on Sunday night and you'll teach on Monday and you'll teach again on Thursday. I go, no offense, Chief. Can you count? Like, how many days is that you're going to have me here? And he goes, you'll figure it out. Click. And that was the end of how this occurred. And I figured I'd come down here and give him grief. So I'm giving him grief now. And uh, and so I worked on that. And I, I thought through because a lot of times when I finish the presentation, I never get any questions. I'll always say, like we all do, if you've got any questions, please feel free to say something. And it's usually crickets. But then I'll have a line standing when I'm done. And a lot of times people will come up and go, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you get up there and be that vulnerable. I don't know. Well, here's a little hint for anybody who's ever asked it. I'm not up there alone. It's just like you can't see who's behind all of us right now on this camera. There are loads of people behind us or we wouldn't be here. And I always tell myself, I've got my wife and I've got my son and I've got my dad and I've got every single first responder who ever took their life standing behind me going, you need to tell them the story. You need to break the stigma. And somebody said to me, well, okay, you've convinced me to take the cape off. When do I put it back on? Why would I put it back on? And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, I guess maybe that's part of step two. So this pilot, and I told the, the great audience I had on Monday, um, I need your feedback. I need it. Don't just pencil whip the critique. I need to know, was this on target? It was on target. It needs a little changes. It really needs a lot of changes or I wouldn't have my worst enemy sit in your class. So just let me know. And so I tried to paint the picture after each of the challenges I'd been through in my own life. We all have challenges. Everybody does just to different degrees. How do you decide to go back in the closet and put it back on again? If you've just been through pain and it hasn't worked for you, why would you? And that's the gist of the class is what drove me. Sometimes the factors that drove me to put it back on were from the outside. It was social pressures. Like when my dad died, it was, you know, you've got to be the man of the house. You've got to, I was 14. I didn't know how to be 14, let alone the man of the house. And sometimes those pressures were inside me going, well, I'm fire chief. I got to continue on. Everybody's relying on me. Like the place would, you know, go to hell if I wasn't around, which is, is never true. And that's what I tried to do yesterday and that's what i'm going to do i'm doing it again on thursday at 10 30 and uh i really want those of you if you're going to come and attend i really do need your feedback because it's important i'm operating in a vacuum and trying to do that course when the, some of the audience none of them yesterday had ever been to taking the cape off so it was i have to give them some of that and then mix in how do you move forward to the next step so that that's been the challenge and uh as Bobby, as always, was right. He made me think and made me work, and, and we'll see where it goes from, from there. I'm looking forward to seeing that on Thursday. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know if Sarah's teaching, so I'll have to check if we're in competition. <laughs> I don't want to give your truck away when I'm in competition and you're in the class. I don't know how the hell that's going to work out. Sarah, did you bring a vehicle? Maybe I can give yours away uh, during if Jim is in there. You can have time. my sister's. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm no, sure she's, she's going to like that. Did you drive? 
I, no, I flew, but she had people right bring in their, okay. Okay. their training. So, and so he, she's, yes, yeah, nice Tahoe way. Okay, maybe I'll use that vehicle instead of yours. Yeah. It's dirty. Does, did yeah, it have dog hair? Mine's out of warranty okay. now. So okay, all right. Just a little bit. Did I derail this well enough for you there? You almost no? made me cry. Ah, I, well, that wasn't the intention. No, no, no. People no. always say they want to sell Kleenex when I talk. I'm like, no, that's not the intention. Really, is to have you leave with hope and feeling some resiliency. But it's a little sad as it goes along. And I'm just watching a guy walk. You know me. I believe in signs. There's a guy who just walked by wearing a Superman insignia on a blue sweatshirt that is he he's got his cape on right he's going to take it off at some we've, point but that, that happened i just got goosebumps we've talked about signs yeah. uh i think on one of our shows actually we did um good stuff um you were in ireland not long ago i was i was in ireland did last you, was there, september and i haven't talked to you i don't think really no. about that no so i have um we don't have enough time for this, but um, there's a friend of mine that I met years ago as a coincidence who's a musician, and he reached out a year ago, right, really at about this time, and uh, he said, you know, I'm I'm thinking about doing a documentary, and I'm like, do you have any idea how much energy and work and goes into a doc? You can't just always can do a documentary. He goes, no, I'm 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 going to do a documentary. I go, okay, what are you going to do it on? He said, I'm going to do it on mental health. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. He goes, yeah, I'm going to do it on your book. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it on your book. And I go, how did you arrive at that? And he said, I had a dream. And he said, your wife and your son were in it. And they told me to do, do the documentary. I'm going, well, they were both very insistent when they were here. I can imagine what they're like on the other side. I go, I'll try and help you any way I can. What do you want me to do? And I was scheduled to go to Ireland um, in September. And he said, when you come... I want to interview me. And I, I was there a few years ago to spread my wife's ashes. And as the last day, as I was getting ready to leave, my cousins were all together. All my first cousins are in Ireland, not here. And uh, we were having a very nice dinner and they said, we have a surprise for you. And this gentleman walked in at the end of dinner and they're like, that's your cousin. And I'm like, no, I, I don't have a male cousin. They're like, yeah, you do on your dad's side. I'd never met him before. Didn't even know he existed. And he came up to me, he said, I live on your dad's farm and your dad's house where he grew up is still standing. We, my mom and I have the house next door. He goes, you've got to come into your dad's home. Well, we we're leaving the next morning to go. And I'm like, if I ever come back again, I go, I will absolutely go. So not only did he interview me, he interviewed me in my dad's house. And I will tell you the, the we're talking about the energy and whether you Believe it or not, just go with me on this one. Um, I walked up to that bill, very emotional, obviously. I lost my dad when I was 14 and uh, very emotional. And he took me out behind the house and there was a cement pit that was built to catch the rainwater. And it's how they would do cooking and they would do their laundry. And um, he said, put your hands on that. Okay. He goes, that's the last thing your dad built before he came to the United States. He goes, he built that with his hands. It's all concrete. I go, well, you mean with a form? He goes, no, he built that with his hands. And I'm, he goes, you put your hands in there. He goes, now put your hand on the building and takes me inside. And they've got the fireplace going. And the interview was done at the fireplace where my dad used to cook and do everything. And it, it blew me away. So he's been working on this now for a year. In fact, just ironic, you asked. Just yesterday, he called me and said, I've got the final edit I'm working on. And so then he's going to put it out to different 
festivals and different things and see where it goes. It could be just three Irish guys in a pub watching it for all I know. And that's fine if that's what it's going to be. But he has put his heart and soul into it. He interviewed a number of people who worked with me, a number of my wife's friends, my son's two best friends, all as part of give a complete picture of who these two people were and both one dying of cancer and one dying of mental health, mental illness that was terminal. And let's give the whole picture. And uh, it, it's been amazing. So we'll see how it, how it turns out. But yeah, that was the trip. The trip just to get, I would have walked across the ocean to go stand in my dad's house. It was powerful. Really, really. I felt him there. And uh, very cool. That is, that is really cool. And thank you for sharing that with all of us. No, it's first time I talked about it. Yeah. So we'll, sorry, Noel, if I jinxed it, uh, not good. Not ready, not ready to go anywhere yet, but it's been the labor of love. That's for sure. Awesome stuff, Pat. I, and I love, again, how the signs, how your family continues to just guide you. Yeah. I think, and I think for all of us, we all get them. It's just a matter of whether you're open to them if or you're not. You're open to them right. or not. You know, otherwise, oh, yeah. you just you just say, well, that was a coincidence. And I don't believe that there's anything. Somebody told me once that coincidences are God's way of remaining anonymous. Just like, okay, you're, it's all part of the plan. Whether you, you don't have to like it or not. You don't have to agree with it or not, but it's all part of the plan. And when you look later, you go, well, how did I meet Sarah? How did I meet you? How did that work? How did our paths cross? Why did we connect? Um, there, it's not a coincidence. We're supposed to be sitting here today. I don't know why. Hopefully somebody's listening to what we're talking about or is going to listen to what you're both going to speak about. I'm going to go, they're going to have an aha moment and they're going to go home better than they were when they got here. And I think that was Bobby's intention about this whole FDIC was send you back home a little better than you were. And he believed in that holistic view, not just better firefighter, but better mom or dad and, and just a better person. Good stuff. You know, um, this is why nobody wants to follow you. Yeah, no. <laughs> when no. you're talking. That's why. Right. So my mom thought I'd be a good priest. I could stand up there and just preach for a while. I can see that. <laughs> and pass the basket. Is there a basket that. we could? No, no, there's nobody here to pass it to. So. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. How long have you actually been going to this place? Do you have any idea? Uh, so I actually used to come before... Um, I used to come here before I was doing fire service research. I come with my dad. Yeah. Work, working in, in his booth. So. Yep. Yep. So, and I think I'm trying to remember if I ever came with that to him, to came here with him. Um, yeah. when he was just before he bought the company, but since then the WHP training towers, yeah, we've been, I used to work his booth. Um, Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I worked for him when I was in grad school. So, yeah, according to Facebook, my memories, I think it's been 14 years since I've, I've been coming here. Oh, I was like, I'm on your Facebook memories coming to FTAC? <laughs> no, but no, but it's true that, that we first met, the two of us met in uh, 2013 when we did the FCSN's white paper. Yeah. Right and you said you were surprised I was smart. You should tell everybody that story. Did I ever tell you this? No, no. So we're driving down the street. We've done the white paper for FCSN. It's Jim's job to take me to the airport. So we get in the car and we're driving and we're just chatting, you know, about like whatever. So he asked a question about some research question. And I was like, oh, so actually there's a study. Da, 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 and he starts laughing. And I go, 
why are you like it's not funny it's right. it's data it's science and so like why are you laughing you <laughs> sometimes i forget you're smart because you just come across so stupid most of the time Oh, he's just a, such a he charming man. In your he didn't oh, yeah. say stupid. He goes, you just seem like such a normal person. And oh, then you start okay. talking smart. Yeah. You watched too many science shows said, on TV when you were younger, probably. Because yeah, they were totally. all, you know, with the guy in the white you. coats. <laughs> what? You can't say that. We're lying. No, she said I could. She said that was fine. She said, and I didn't. She said, "God bless you." For those of you who heard mm -hmm. the mumble, that's really what she was saying. Oh, okay. I did, she, I, she said, right, "We had what, some f and I said, gonna, "Well, then I'm ready to go. Let's do this." Sorry. Okay, I'll work on my language. No, I, I knew. <laughs> I said outside this booth that she was the one that I was worried about because she is out of control. That's okay. Brian. <laughs> No, that's the, uh, those are the people that are getting nervous going there. Are there any more coming? They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. This no. is you should have never let them in that fishbowl. This is a horrible so idea. So you've been coming here for a long time. I have been coming uh, here for a long time. How long have you been coming here? Well, I made chief in 94. So Was this still in Cincinnati? This was in Cincinnati. First time first time I went. And I remember if that was 94 or what it was. But, yeah. Um, and I, I came as a student and then got invited to be an instructor which was an honor to to come and and speak because you see so many people from so many different yeah. regions of the world that you're like holy cow where are you from what are you talking about and uh and to watch it grow and and to watch it make it through the challenges of covid and still survive because so many conferences just didn't make it out of that realm and i think it's the dedicated i was talking to somebody yesterday i said your attendance is great. Women in Fire had the biggest attendance they've ever had. Standing room only. The attendance here has been awesome. And I said, I really think part of that is almost a mission for, for Bobby. Like, we're not going to let this go just because you're not physically here. He's definitely here, but you're, you're not physically here. We're going to make this keep going because it's that important. And uh, so, yeah, a long, a long time. A long time from the standpoint of people who used to pass me in the hall and go, hi, Pat. Now they go, hi, sir. Wow, that just that just hurts. That just hurts. Like, can, would you like to take one of those yellow carts? Can we ride you somewhere? And I'm like, oh. no, I can honestly, son, I can walk that far. So <laughs> that's that's good, good stuff. Um, when did you two first meet? Uh, oh, four or five years ago. Yeah. Where were we at? Where were we was both teaching at? Yeah, Ohio. It was in Ohio. Yeah. Was it my conference? Something I'm trying to think that was the first thing that popped into my head was I think been. it might have been your conference. Because then we came back again later when we would yeah. with Chief Sendel back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it could, yeah. Have been, could have been yours. Okay, okay. He so, has, see, you look at the I role thought, you played. Well, no, I thought you guys, I thought you guys actually knew each other longer than that. But he has the ability, and I think you would back it up. Like, you talk to him for five minutes, and you feel like you've known him forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Irish Blarney. Yeah. Yes. That's my people too, the Irish. Yeah. The Irish. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Go to Ireland. You want to hear up bombs drop? You hear them quite honestly. Except they just sound so cute. They you know, right. Yeah. See, that's they just people. they have a brogue. That so. is my people. That's right. So she has absolute reason for that. Yeah. Curry. It's genetic. Genetic variant. Are you going to put in for next year? I don't know. That's a good question. You're not going to get know. that call this time, but you know he wants. Well, you I'm going to get. Well, I may get the call in a different way. 
Okay. Yeah. I, might, I might not get him on the phone, but I might get one of those before he wake up in the middle of the night in a sweat going, okay, okay, I'm coming, right. I'm coming. Leave me alone for a little while. You're being haunted. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you're going to do that. You're not. Yeah. The, he was a very great man of faith. We had very many, many spirited discussions over that. And it was like, we were on the same page on that one. I was like, yeah, he goes, you're, you're, you're supposed to come. It's funny that you asked me that because somebody asked me that just yesterday. They go, well, you'll be coming back again next year. And, and unfortunately, I've had a couple of really close friends pass in the last couple of weeks. And it makes me, speaking of age, Sorry. it makes me think about um, my own mortality and think about mortality and going, yeah, I'd love to tell you, yes, I'm going to be here next year, but I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that would be on the agenda. We'll, we'll see. I'll be wherever I'm supposed to be at this time next year. How's that? That's a good answer. I will accept that. Not that it was a wrong answer. <laughs> I felt like yeah. when I said no, it was just like, hey, when, when you looked at me, it's like, not oh, a real brick. No. They, they, it looks really nice. Though. It, looks but like it is. It is. The fishbowl. It should look more like, it should have fish, though, then. Well, that's all the people that are kind of just swarming outside, stopping. I think we are the fish. Oh, yeah. we're the fish. <laughs> I think that's the point, right? Yeah. Oh, no, we, we are. are the we, we are. are the fish. Oh goodness! They're gonna figure out do they want to keep walking past this right. tank or do they want to stop? Uh, the <laughs> all right. Uh, what other kind of things are you guys? Are you doing any other thing like the, you know, the five k, the uh, fools bash, uh, the union party, anything else? This week, I've already been in meetings. I I already had a meeting this morning. Uh, Women Fire is doing a new emerging issues on. Like, I didn't work. ask about meetings and work. I actually was asking I'm more about ed. fun, social stuff. Well, I'm sorry that I was sharing what I had to say <laughs> I, that I thought was interesting and important. Let me talk about where I'm going to drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> you say that. You started off with the five k. Are you going to have? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to have fun this week, or is it all business? I um, no, I think I'm going to do the Interpol F event Thursday night. I think that's on my list. Um, pretty high up there. Go congratulate! You just saw they announced that Victor Stegnero is taking over. I did for see that. Yeah, which is very, very cool. He's great. That. Victor is an awesome person. Yes. Beyond a great yes. professor. I tried to get him as my guest, but. He was like, I'm too important so we, now. He's like, clearly. you don't even Wait, know. So we were I'm a little bit. I tried to bit. get him as my guest. And when everyone oh, else said no, yeah. I filled I the other two picked seats. You two yeah, see, off the I got, that's that's I got cool. desperate. <laughs> well, I, I feel so loved right now. I do. I feel, feel lost. Is the door closed? Oh, yeah, it is really close. Yeah. I needed to go. <sighs> no, you, you can't help but come here and have fun, whether you're in the structured oh. events or not. Yeah. I mean, you run into people. I I've watched. I've walked behind Sarah. She can't get more than ten feet without somebody knowing her or giving her a hug. If you go out any place here, whether you're going for dinner, or you're going for a drink, or whatever, all of a sudden you have three or four people around you, and you have like your own little party. The yes. structured ones are are great because each group that puts them on, it has a has a reason. Yeah. You know, and so you're going for the benefit of that group as well as the social. But you don't even have to have it structured. Try unless you lock yourself in your room. You're, you're going to be involved with people. And that's the neat part. It kind of relights your spirit coming down. I found that. I saw I saw a number of people because I felt so bad about Bobby not being here. And I saw so many of his friends. And I felt like giving them a hug was like giving him a hug. Like, okay, this is good. And it kind of it picked me up. Um, yeah. And so th that's, I think, a big part of this. Well, any place that we go is the socializing is 
important. I stole Sarah a beer. I keep promising her I'm going to bring her a beer because we went out one time and I think it was after we were in Ohio and just sat and talked. And it was, I picked so much up in that hour that was not part of what the class was, but taught me things that I used. And I think people who come here, they all do that. We've done that. Yeah. The, so the, cl the classes are always great and you're yeah. always going to learn a lot from these classes, but the networking, yeah, hands down, the, the discussions, just to seeing how somebody does things differently. Right. Um, is, is amazing. And you've got 30,000 firefighters from all over the world converge to this city right. all at the same time. And it's just, it's, it's craziness. It's, it's good stuff. I it mean, is. I think the one lesson that I, I learned yesterday that, that if you're, if you're new in the fire service and, and maybe even more importantly, if you're not, if you've been in a long time, you get a little bit complacent is to walk into a business and have something on, it's like a fire logo. And if somebody say, are you with the fire conference and say, yes, I am. Then you worry a little bit with somebody in here and overserved last night or what was it? But, and they go, thank you for your service. And it's like, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm retired. You don't need, it's like, no, thank, thank you for what you all do. And that's not me. That's talking about the service in general, all the men and women in it. And you're like, well, it's an honor to be part of this service and it never goes away. This is uh yeah. I mean, all you're right. All these restaurants, I mean, this is a big week for them. Yeah. Right. Big week for them. There's only one other week that's bigger than FDIC here in this building. What is it? Anybody want to guess? Anybody? Indy 500. Somebody to do with the Indy? Yeah, that's what no, I was going to No, no. Future Farmers of America. Oh. They blow this place up. I, I mean, mean think about. Sense. Okay, yeah. I bet instead of, instead of fire trucks, right. now you're dealing with, you know, your rock trucks and dozers and just all that kind of stuff throughout these buildings. Well, that's my next book, that Taking is, the Overalls That is the off. number right. one, the busiest no, no, week here in India. No, no. okay, that could be, yeah, that might be bad. It's okay because you're dressed That's right, that's right, right. taking the overalls off. You can you can even use that in your classes the next few days. Taking your clothes off? Taking the overalls off? No, I'm still talking about the future farmers of America. Oh, sorry, we had a little sidebar conversation. I'm PG, clearly. Yes. Saintly. What does PG stand for? Yeah. Well, totally yeah. going out this point. <laughs> You're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> you've got no. you've got the science. I, I'm trying to sell um we're doing these skin cancer screenings, which by the way, have you yeah. guys both signed up for your skin cancer screenings? No, but I do go for it annually. So there's um FCSN Detect Together has we have a, a grant through FEMA through the fire prevention and safety grants, and we are doing um you can sign up to go with this fantastic dermatologist. That's the other really fun thing that I'm doing. I'm going to go talk to the derm folks and they do a full body. They have, I, I'm like, she, can we make it like a, is she out of uh, Massachusetts? Massachusetts, Chelsea Candler. Yeah. Yep. 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 She's fantastic. Um, I think that we should like have t-shirts. Like mm -hmm. I got naked at FDIC. There you go. That you one, what? I can, I That's what you could do for the skin cancer chair. Like, turn the cameras yeah, off. Right. But don't you think that, like, that would be catchy and people would ask you about it? And then you could say, yeah, it was for a Down. skin cancer screening. I'll tell you what, public service announcement. So I went, uh, the dermatologist that I went to, I never used to go to a dermatologist, and my significant other talked me into going a couple of years ago. And I had um, the beginnings of pre cancer on my lower lip. Yeah. And it was just a little bit raw and i thought i go well, you know i've really been good yeah. the last 10 or 12 years about sunblock and everything and she looked at me and she goes um 
So how many times were you outside in the winter when it was below zero? And I, I, I can't count. Just so did you put on anything on your lips? Like, no. Just did you even think about it? I went, no. She said one of the most common areas she sees in firefighters is your lower lip because all of that, everything, the elements really take that surface. And then all of a sudden, so I get to go through a treatment that wasn't very pleasant, very lucky compared to people who have cancer. But it really taught me, like, you really have to have your game on. And I thought about, I, I called our, our mutual aid division and said, you might want to pass this on to the chiefs and go, it's easy to put a little tube in your pocket. So you got it. Yeah. But I go, we're not aware of that. And it's out yeah. there. And so do you make that part of the annual physical saying, but we're going to have a dermatologist look at you as part of the annual physical. I So we just had a meeting where um, we were at the... Oc Health ACOM meeting and we were talking to some Oc Health folks who were like we need to get we need to have a dermatologist talk us through like exactly what to look for and I'm like we've got some dermatologists that's what I think is really cool about like right now in the yeah. fire service is that all these people are like we're, there's so much progress I really feel like we're at a tipping point of progress and change mm -hmm. especially on the health and wellness side and so I, I think it's exciting I think the fact that we're that FEMA funded people to come oh, yeah. do a skin kit that we have dermatologists in the area that are engaged in this and volunteering to come and spend their time and just have the conversation. Dad had some uh, malignant melanoma removed from his neck and it was right around the time cancer research was really kind of starting to skyrocket. And they, his dermatologist said it was probably sun exposure. And dad's like, I like, he didn't never had. And then right after that, the, um, the graphics that Jeff stole did where it, oh, have you seen that yeah. where they like, they 2015. Had, yep. They had a um, screen test. Yep, fast test yep, yep. Full, Look, I could talk science stuff PPE. too. I, it's so weird. Cause sometimes I forget 93% more. Sometimes I forget absorber. you're smart. I'm not. That's what <laughs> it's that's, that's, that was a good even that. folks. Just so we know. That was a good even there. I forget you're smart. You just seem like a normal person. Um, but anyway, well done doc. Thank you. <laughs> Here, flip that. Um, no, but it was that, but they, it had just come out where they had done that, you know, they yeah. sprayed them with the fluorescent and then um, looked at it and you saw like at the interfaces and where that, you know, the new hoods, obviously. Yes. Um, so much better. Can afford that. But yeah. And I, it was right. I mean, it was, it was a hard day. Well, was, and it's, yeah, it's probably right. The reason why I got my cancer too. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. No, I'd love um, just really how far that topic has has yeah. come regarding oh, awesome. you know in this place because i remember uh the first year being here as the firefighter cancer support network working a booth you know because i've done it all now i've, I've worked a booth i've Your went to classes and now I'm, I'm teaching classes so um but our booth was upstairs it was hidden yeah the only way people found it is if they were trying to find a secret place to make out Mm. Are, does that happen a lot here? And is, is that a thing? That's, <laughs> not that I've back, ever been aware of. Then, and we're talking 14, 15 years ago. Oh, that was a thing then? You know, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we went from being hidden, <laughs> yeah. out of sight, out of right. mind, to where if you go on this main floor, you can't throw All a rock and not hit something that's related to cancer. Yeah. And, and, you, and behavioral health, too. Right. Like, right. there's a lot. Absolutely. You never saw programs here 10 years ago that were dealing with behavioral health. I mean, it was, it was, if you did, it was somebody in a room and they had four people and those four people all needed therapy. Yeah. 
And it wasn't somebody that was open to, well, I want to hear what this is. Maybe it impacts me. How do I do a better job with my family and my department? Now you look at the pamphlet and pre-workshops, workshops. I mean, hands-on, it's like people are, and they're all getting full by amazing, you read the names of people and you go, holy cow, this is an all-star team. It's still, it's still got all your tactic stuff. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Plenty of tactic stuff. But you're, you're right. There's a, there's a health and safety class pretty much every period. Whether it's cancer or behavioral health, right? You know, there's you can you can get that education here from really the, you mean know, the best, of the best, right? Well, and people show up for the classes now. Like the first couple of times I taught here, I got into the class and it was like the very last day, the very last session type thing, and I get in there and it'd be like four people, right? And I'm like, oh, and now like people show up and they stay and they ask questions and they ask it, you know, it, these intelligent, very thoughtful, like what's next big questions, my new I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's fun. It's engaging. Well, we kidded before, but the fire service does care about the science now because oh, we, we've, we've finally gone, okay, I'll change. Cause we love so much to change. I'll change, but you have to prove to me I should change. And, which I think is smart. Like, I do too. I, I, I think, think that was always a reasonable request. Well, because I think, you know, the, there's a saying like, oh, something, uh, you know, it's uh, doing something's better than doing nothing. But sometimes doing something is not better than doing nothing if doing something is harmful. So like, let's, mm -hmm. let's, so, so sleep. I think the perfect example is sleep. So there's a study that we put out with Joel Billings. Um, he's down in Oklahoma. And he, we were looking at 24, 48 versus 48, 96. Mm -hmm. And um, the, originally, like that was it was going to be the comparison of the shift structures. No, but neither departments was that was that busy, so it ended up it uh, ha obviously has some limitations in generalization. But the key finding of it was had nothing to do with twenty four forty eight versus forty eight ninety six. It was really the shift start time, which I have to be careful because I regularly say shit start time, and I don't care what time shit starts. <laughs> but looking at seven a.m. change. A lot of people are coming to work short slept and they're leaving work short slept because they're getting up for that 7 a.m. change. So then the question is, can you change the shift start time and have better outcomes? Or do people just accommodate to it, right? Do they just go, oh, we're going to, um, you know, go to bed a little bit later? Are we going right, to, does it have impacts for other things? I don't know. It's an empirical question. So should we go ahead? Should we start advertising everyone needs to, you know, change to 9 a.m.? No, right. not until we know that that's a wise choice and a good thing to do. So we actually have a proposal and to do that where one's going to change from seven to eight. One's going to go seven to nine. One's going to change from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. The reverse shift. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what that's going to roll into that I've heard because we know we travel around the country and recruiting and retention in the fire service has just taken such a bang. The volunteers have always struggled the last few years with that but now the career we run career tests in illinois and you're not getting enough people to even fill a list yeah. and a lot of it is the shift work mm -hmm. you know i'm gone from home i'm gone for somebody doesn't want to be even gone for a 24-hour period so some of the discussion when i've traveled around the country is well we're, we're looking at no more block shifts no more all day you might come somebody might work during the day and be able to be home for dinner with their family the other people are home for breakfast and for schoolwork, and then they go in at six o'clock. And but you watch people's heads explode when there's a discussion about that. Well, we're not changing our shifts. It's like, okay, but so there's got to be a good reason to go. Right. But look at what it's doing to your longevity, your sleep. What, what long term? What's the effect of being a firefighter when you work those sleep patterns? Yeah. Um, and it's it's as a retired guy, I figured simplistic. 
I'll retire and I won't have that pager anymore and I won't have my phone to worry about and I will sleep like a log. And it is not happening. It's no different than when I was working. Same, that alert where you wake up and go, okay. I, and I worry about that sometimes, the long-term effect of what it's done. Um, or I use that as an excuse of why well, I get goofier in hell sometimes. You, gotta, but, um, you know what? you got to read the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew uh, Walker. Did I, you read it? That's on Did my list. No, Chief Sendelbeck told me he challenged if me. You're, and if you're not it. a book reader, uh, he's got a couple of TED Talks yep. that are he's phenomenal. podcasts. Yeah, Matthew Walker. Well, plug. I plug him in my class. I'm sure you do too. He's, I, I think that, uh, like, if it, why is he so mean to me? Wow. Like, I, he's just. I think he's just a little jealous. nerve that you're you're up against him, and there's a huh. little male jealous. insecurity. Not that we have any of that. That doesn't usually yeah. occur. But. I'm not willing to bet you on attendance. I won't do that. Oh, we should. No, no, I'm good. I don't want to go. I'll be giving away. She asked my... me to walk around with a sandwich board yeah, later with I'll, her class. I'll be so. giving away my sister's car in my, there you go, in my class. She took it away from me now. So I've still got your truck though. So uh, don't, don't try it. It ain't going to happen. It no, happen. you know what I, um, look at it. Look at all the fun people here. Um, uh, what I love about that book, I used to say, oh, it scared me into sleeping better. That's what I had heard. But you know what? It didn't. I re like I re, you know, I'm always looking for the opportunity and a challenge. And what I realized is it didn't scare me into sleeping better. It gave me permission to prioritize my sleep. So where before I would mm-hmm. feel like, ah, it's so lazy for me to take a nap, or it's so I feel so lazy going to bed early. Um, or even there's data that shows that if your option is either to get a good night's full night's sleep or get up and work out. Now, I'm not saying don't work out. Like, you absolutely should work out. But if it's if you have to decide on that trade-off, you're actually better off um, getting a full night's sleep. Work out. Interesting. The, the overall benefit. And so I think it gave me the permission to go, all right, I'm, you know, I'm going to bed early. I'm, I'm checking out. Um, obviously not at FDIC, but other than this week, I definitely <laughs> feel the need to prioritize my sleep. This is exhausting. Do you, yeah. like my voice. I was up till midnight going, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you know what we should do next? Um, this is a fun time, but I, I, why are you, he's always laughing at me. What is wrong with this guy? The guy's out there like, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's mean, mean. Um, but, but that's what I think it, it it really does because it, I mean, everything. So if you think about short, short sleep is defined as six hours or less, right. On average. So what we know fire service wise, people are coming in to work with about 5.6 hours sleep. They're leaving work with about 5.81 hours sleep on average, right? Mm-hmm. So that's 20 days a month that you're short sleeping. Six or less hours of sleep is related to every negative health outcome, increased risk for cancer, um, decreased testosterone, um, decreased sperm uh, quantity and quality. I mean, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, mm-hmm. a third of the fire service has sleep, a sleep disorder, often undiagnosed. So like low hanging fruit, screen your firefighters for sleep disorder. And if they have one, get it treated because you know what? You, that increases that looking at the relationship, triple the risk of post-traumatic stress and depression. If you have a sleep disorder, like fun and that costs nothing in your wellness program. It costs nothing to screen. It's an online check, 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 check. You might have a sleep disorder. It is. And it, you know, Sorry, I think, I think there, I think that because we got so used to it, that there's almost a guilt feeling of, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going, and like you said, you have a great analogy about, oh, I am sure to hell not going to skip a workout so that I can roll over in bed. Right. Like, I'm going to do the workout no matter how tired I am. That's yeah. like, it, you see definitely the, the impact on you, even just on your emotions. 
Like when yeah. I'm sleep deprived, it's like I'm I'm much more ornery. I'm much more likely to get emotional. I make bad decisions. I, I mean, I can yeah. quantify that, what like, I hair do. Pin trigger. Oh yeah, and I'll go. Yeah. Okay, you That's obviously are just a, when you're called crabby. It's usually you're sleep deprived. Is any of your stuff going to look at actual shifts? I know you mentioned before. Um, twenty four forty eights. You yeah. mentioned starting at you know in the PM hours. What about like a you know, the West Coast is really popular with your 4896s. East Coast, a lot of that is 2472s. Yep. Like, you looking at any of that? So I think that's next step. I think here's the challenge with that. Here's the challenge with with um, looking at or researching sleep in the fire service is you have, like, we used to go, okay, well, this department's on a 4896. This department's on a 2472. This department is on... But even within the same department, mm-hmm. like we randomly selected um, two districts and then two houses, three houses within districts in LA County. So we were in one firehouse where they did not, it took all freaking day to get the data because they were just out. It was like, they were not ever in the station. They ran all day. They ran all night. We were at the same department sitting in a firehouse where we like kicked back, drinking Folgers coffee. Like they did not get a call the entire time. So one of the things that I think we we didn't realize at the time, we just quantified it by like excessive daytime sleepiness on duty and off duty based on the shift schedule at the department. Um, we're, we now are realizing that's a, that it's not a dumb way to do it. It was the original way we thought was effective, but the more research we've done, the more we realize that you got to look at the individual level. Like, and I, and that's what when people ask me about what the best shift structure is, I'm like, you have to think about the busiest house at the busiest time of year and think, can they, can they do that? You know, are, are you comfortable with those folks being 72 hours without sleep? If it's a, you know, if they're doing trade time, even 24 or 48 hours without sleep. Oh, actually, because they just walked by, I have to mention this. Hold on. The Dr. Kenny Fent is standing outside the fishbowl right now. He is. And I, this is so important to everyone. Right. I don't know if we were supposed to, if we're supposed to be engaging with the people that are out there. Okay. Well, the Kenny Fent is right there. We're taking a selfie with him right now. Thursday, the National Firefighter Registry is going to be on the main stage. So this is. (laughs) She's got a good, she's got a good shot. Yeah. So this is, um, they're going to be launching National Firefighter Registry. You can technically enroll now, mm-hmm. but we need to get 200. To look at all our fun friends out there. Tudro's out there. Um, 200, no, 372,000 firefighters. I make it more every time. She's Thank you. Good. You're showing. Thumb, hey, Kenny, up. wave to the camera. Up. Wave to the camera. Sarah, is this what go. it's like when you start up your OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> Same, same, but different. Uh, so the National Firefighter Registry is going, it is launched. So Who you can wants get to see on, Sarah's feet? You can get on now. And <laughs> my ankles are actually quite average for a woman my height. Thank you. Uh, jerks. I'm Sorry. trying to talk about something very important. This is important. Sorry. All right, stop it. Now. National Fire Registry. National right. Firefighter I Registry. I did it. Took about fifteen minutes. And it was, was it? It was so easy. It was, I did right? too. It was good. Okay. And it includes retirees, which is really oh, important. We really want important. retirees. We want career. We want volunteer. We want uh, men, women. We want we want everyone who's ever been right. on a fire truck to enroll in this. Now, two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. 
plus another, another two hundred thousand. Right. Because a lot of the stuff, especially the stuff on like we talked a lot about a, a lot about this with women of fire. Like we don't have data on risk for breast cancer among women because mm -hmm. we just don't have enough women. So if we can get this in the registry, now here's the thing, and I'm very clear with this. I think we all need to be very clear when we talk to people about it. You are required to give the last four of your social security number. Was Correct. it painful? No. Was it no. scary? No. So this is why, because you are not giving Kenny and his team your social security number. He is part of the government. They right. gave it to you. You are just telling them when you die, when you get cancer, to pull that information and put it in the firefighter registry. To put it in that that cancer registry, your data from your cancer is in a state registry. It yep. says pull it into this group. So they've already got your number. They've already got it. Right. You're just telling them what where to. You don't it. have to have cancer to do it. No, Correct. no, no. 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 We and it'll know if you do get diagnosed yep. down the line. It'll take care of itself automatically. Yeah. Well, that's why I sent it to all of our the major organizations we had to all their retiree groups. I yes. said I explained it. I said you. I hope you're 100 percent healthy, but it'll help track. And I go if you want to know you're still helping save people because you're retired. This is one way you can go about doing Let's that. Do it. Part of that database. It's it really is incredibly important. And it is really easy. If I can do the survey, anybody can do the survey. Uh, it's very easy to do. Yeah. 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 And this way we'll be able to like pulse surveys and figure out. Like look at different nationally. What are we seeing? We'll be able to look at trends or be differences by state. It's yeah. gotta. You gotta be so excited. I'm like, so excited. Nerding out. Oh yeah. yeah. This is like a Super Bowl. The Super right. Bowl of nerddom right now with the National Firefighter Registry. Like it's, yeah, yeah. And it's the perfect time to launch it because people before would not be open to providing any of that data. Right. Even like. We're suspicious of everything. It's like, no, right. no. What? I mean, we got to do know, something. Just, just last year, nearly 75% of the names they put on the wall in Colorado Springs right. were from cancer. Right. So, I mean, it's we're overdue what? for trying yeah, to. Yeah, it's a foe we have to We're battle. doing everything we can. Uh, and, and I do like this newer generation. It's kind of, they take ownership yeah. mm -hmm. of, of their of their health. And they want to be able to get through that career and enjoy their retirement. So, Hands down. that's good well but um well, i'm think, excited to see what this brings i think the expectation should be you know around all, all this health and wellness stuff like even physicals people are like oh you know i don't i don't want to do the department physical like the department owes you a physical right. you're putting yourself in harm's way you know you're being exposed like they they owe that to you and this you know i think that anytime someone passes from cancer anytime someone gets a diagnosis and and people say like what you know what can we do for you go register for firefighter registry right. because it is so important and it's not going to happen like i can stand there and tell people all day to do it and i think you know we'll have two or three people sign up but if you talk to every person you know mm -hmm. you talk to every person you know and say like no i'm not kidding that dude you talk about it in your class yeah oh yeah of course you do yeah, and I talk about it way better than so Jim talks know, about it in his class. you go to Sarah's class, class. So not to Jim's class. if you really want to be in an amazing session on Friday, right here. Well, and I think, too, for the part of the audience that doesn't go, and you can split their classes then, paid on call. Because talk yeah. about sleep deprivation. They don't come back and climb oh. into a bunk. Oh, yeah. And we talk about exposure. We talk about shift. They, they can't even sometimes relate. Having run a career department and then run a combination, I was so unaware of thinking about that you're sleep deprived with your regular job the then time. you come in at two in the morning you're there for an hour and a half you go back can't fall back asleep and then you go to work yep 
yeah. we got to we have awesome. to track all of that and encourage them to be part of the study because you're a firefighter regardless of whether you work a shift or get paid or whatever we care about your life too yeah, yeah. so i know it's about time for us to close up uh, once again sarah will be teaching friday morning 8 30. i'll be uh, teaching friday morning 8 30. pat you are i'm teaching thursday at 10 30 because i don't like competition Shh. So, yeah. So once again, uh, thank you to my guest. I don't know if you got any shots of the dog, but we had a dog here as well. But Dr. Sarah, Pat, always An a honor. pleasure. An honor. Always, always a pleasure. And to have we you both the same, same show, same time in the fishbowl at FDIC Live, where the only one that cussed was Sarah, which... And it was I, only one time. I would have won that bet if it was on a sports betting book. It was only one time. The other yes. time I stopped myself, I said. She did. Yeah. She did. Fookin. So, As they say in Ireland, Fookin. So I, that wasn't a swear word. Thank you, Fire Engineering, for the opportunity. And uh, we hope to see you guys <laughs> at our classes this week. Bye-bye. Thank you.